Book Two, Chapter Seven through Eleven of Of the Love of God by Saint Francis de Sales, translated by H. L. Sidney Lear. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book Two: The Origin of Divine Love, Chapter Seven: The Marvelous Variety of Graces Which God Vouchsafes to Men in His Providence god's eternal providence bestowed special favor on the blessed virgin the mother of fair love and in a lesser degree on some others and next his sovereign goodness poured out a stream of graces and blessings on men and angels who have all been refreshed with the rain he sends upon the just and on the unjust who have all been sharers of the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world who have all received that seed which falls not only on good ground but on stony places and thorns so that none have any excuse if they fail to use the abounding riches of redemption to their own salvation yet while this abundant outpouring of grace is given to all human nature it is so various in kind that we scarce know which to admire most its greatness or its variety who but must perceive how much more is given to christians than to heathen or how among christians some are more favored in circumstance than others and who but will grant that all such external means of grace come of god's mercy and greatly promote internal progress we never find any two men precisely similar in natural gifts neither are there any precisely alike as are supernatural st augustine and the great doctor st thomas tell us that the angels received varying degrees of grace each separate from the other according to their natural condition and so with men god in the wealth of his creative power has made that endless variety which forms the rich enamel of which the church sings on the festivals of her confessor bishops in glory was there none like unto him ecclesiasticus chapter forty four verse nineteen and even as in heaven no man knoweth the new name saving he that receiveth it revelation chapter two verse seventeen each one among the blessed having his own according to the glory wherein he dwells even so on earth each receives his own special grace so special that no two are precisely similar thus our lord compares his grace to pearls of which pliny says that one of their choicest beauties is that each has so much its own characteristics that no two are perfectly alike again even as one star differeth from another star in glory so men will differ from each other in glory just as they have differed in degrees of grace and this variety in grace and grace in variety form a most holy and sweet harmony making glad the heavenly city of jerusalem 
but we must beware of too closely inquiring wherefore god has imparted a grace to one rather than to another or why he lavishes his favors on one side more than on another never indulge such curiosity for since all have enough nay a superabundance for their salvation what right has any man to murmur if god is pleased to bestow a larger measure of his grace on some than on others we should count him foolish who should question why god makes the melon larger than the strawberry the lily than the violet why the rosemary is not a rose the pink not a pansy why the peacock has more beauty than the bat or why the fig is sweet and the lemon sharp we should tell him that inasmuch as for beauty there must be variety in the world it must needs be that perfection should vary that one thing cannot be another and that there must be little and great bitter and sweet more and less of shapeliness and grace and just so it is in things supernatural the holy spirit tells us that every man hath his proper gift of god one corinthians chapter seven verse seven and it is mere childishness to ask why saint paul had not saint peter's gifts why anthony was not athanasius or athanasius jerome to all such questioning we can but reply that the church is as a garden diapered with infinite variety of flowers which must needs be of all colors shapes and scents each possessed of its own intrinsic grace and beauty and all combined into an enamel of very exquisite beauty and perfection chapter eight how greatly god desires our love while our saviour's redemption is applied to us in as many different ways as there are souls to be saved still love is the one universal channel of redemption without which it can never be applied and so the gates of this earthly paradise were kept by the cherubim with the flaming sword that we might learn how there is no entrance into the heavenly paradise save to him who is transfixed by the sword of love therefore it is that the dear lord who bought us with his blood so greatly desires that we love him in order to our eternal salvation and that we attain that eternal salvation so as to love him eternally his love effecting our salvation that salvation his love i am come to send fire on the earth and what will i if it be already kindled luke chapter twelve verse forty nine again he enjoins this love upon us saying thou shalt love the lord thy god with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind this is the first and great commandment matthew chapter twenty two verses thirty seven and thirty eight see how the heart of god craves our love surely it had been much had he suffered us to love him even as laban suffered jacob to love and labor for rachel 
but he goes much further and bids us love him with all our might lest perchance the sight of his majesty and our frailty should raise up a barrier and keep us from him whereby he testifies that he has not given us for naught a natural inclination to love him urging us as he thus does by universal precept to foster that inclination to which end he gives power to every living soul as the natural sunshine vivifies all things with its warmth and with its universal love stimulates them to bring forth after their kind so the sunshine of god's love kindles every soul and draws it to himself wisdom crieth without she uttereth her voice in the streets she crieth in the chief place of concourse in the openings of the gates in the city she uttereth her words saying how long ye simple ones will ye love simplicity and the scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge turn you at my reproof behold i will pour out my spirit upon you i will make known my words unto you proverbs chapter one verses twenty through twenty four it goeth forth from the uttermost part of the heaven and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof psalm nineteen verse six and again that wisdom speaks by the prophet ezekiel as i live i have no pleasure in the death of the wicked but that he turn from his way and live ezekiel chapter thirty three verse eleven and to live to god is to love for he that loveth not abideth in death how greatly then does god desire that we love him nor does he stop short in thus generally calling us to love him yet more he stands at the door of each human heart and knocks promising that if any man hear my voice and open the door i will come in to him and will sup with him revelation chapter three verse twenty that is will admit him to the closest familiarity what does all this prove but that god gives us not merely means sufficient to love him and be saved but that it is a rich overflowing sufficiency such as one might look for from such boundless goodness as his st paul says speaking to the persistent sinner despisest thou the richest of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering not knowing that the goodness of god leadeth thee to repentance but after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath romans chapter two verses four and five thus god is not content merely to provide wherewithal to convert the perverse but lavishes the richness of his goodness to that end observe the antithesis which the apostle draws between the riches of god's goodness and the treasured stores of the impenitent heart so rich in wrath or sin that it dares to despise the riches of compassion with which god would lead it to repentance 
and those not merely his general riches of goodness but such as lead to repentance which cannot be ignored throughout holy scripture this rich creative abundance of means whereby god draws sinners to love him continually appears he is not content merely to knock my beloved put his hand in the hole of the door so as to leave no means of entrance untried he does not only preach repentance he cries aloud he goes on crying as though he could not repeat it often enough turn ye turn ye from your evil ways and live why will ye die ezekiel chapter thirty three verse eleven he leaves nothing undone to testify that his mercy is over all his works that his mercy rejoiceth against judgment that with him is plenteous redemption that his love is infinite and that as the apostle says he is rich in mercy and therefore would have all men to be saved not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance chapter nine how god's eternal love draws our hearts to love him i have loved thee with an everlasting love therefore with loving kindness have i drawn thee again i will build thee and thou shalt be built o virgin of israel jeremiah chapter thirty one verses three and four words whereby god promised that the coming saviour should establish his new kingdom in the church his virgin bride the israelite indeed and it is clearly not by works of righteousness that we have done but according to his mercy he saved us by that eternal love and pity which moved his divine providence to draw us to himself for no man can come to christ the son except the father draw him aristotle tells us of certain birds which have such short and powerless legs and feet that they are as though they had none and once on the ground they cannot take flight of themselves or rise up again into the air but lie grovelling and even die where they lie unless some gust of wind chance to take them in which case if they make use thereof and spread their wings it will raise them and speed their flight now we may liken the angels to those rare birds of paradise which are never seen on earth save dead for these heavenly beings could not quit divine love to seek self without falling into endless death for we read that even as death separates man forever from this life so their fall cut off the angels forever from eternal life but human beings such as we are more aptly represented by the other so often as we dare to leave the upper air of holy love for earth and its attachments as we do whensoever we displease god we sink down to death yet not such utter death but that some slender power of action remains with which we may faintly struggle yet to love yet is this power so feeble 
that we have no strength ourselves to cast off sin or to take wing again towards that holy blessedness which in our faithlessness we have voluntarily quitted surely we deserve to be forsaken of god after such disloyalty but his eternal love restrains his justice and inspires his pity to help us out of our misery which he does by the breath of his holy spirit which raises our heart from the dust and enables it to take flight once more in the atmosphere of divine love now this first movement which god stirs in our heart is in us but not of us it comes without any effort or thought of ours for we are not sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves but our sufficiency is of god who not only loved us before we came into being but willed us to become holy to which end he prevents us with the blessings of his fatherly goodness and moves us to repentance and conversion think upon the chief of the apostles heavy with his sin in the sad night of his master's passion he had no more thought of repentance than if he had never known his saviour but had lain grovelling like a miserable wretch never to rise had not the shrill cry of that instrument of god's providence the cock pierced his dulled hearing at the same moment his dear lord casting the healing glance of his love upon him pierced his hard heart whence issued forth such torrents even as the rock of old smitten by moses in the desert or again behold the same great apostle sleeping in the prison bound with chains this time he is a martyr yet nevertheless he may well be a type of man sleeping bound by sin satan's prisoner who then shall deliver him behold the angel of the lord smites him on the side and calls him saying arise up quickly even so the spirit of god smites the sinner's heart and rouses him to come forth from his iniquity does not all such rousing and kindling of the soul to better things come of god is it not all done in and for us we are roused but we did not rouse ourselves the spirit of god roused us and to this end it moved us i sleep but my heart that is the bridegroom waketh he calls me by his love and i know his voice god calls us suddenly and as it were startles us and in these first workings of grace we only feel the movement which as st bernard says god rouses in us but without any action of ours chapter ten how we often reject god's inspirations and refuse to love him woe unto thee chorazin woe unto thee bethsaida for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in tyre and sidon they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes matthew chapter eleven verse twelve 
it is the lord himself who says that these men who were taught the true faith and had received grace enough to have converted the uttermost heathen yet persisted in rejecting it and rebelling against that holy light he too has declared that in the judgment day the men of nineveh and the queen of sheba shall rise up and condemn the jews since the ninevites repented at the preaching of jonas and the queen of sheba came from the utmost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of solomon while they who heard the divine wisdom of one greater than solomon who saw his miracles and received his tangible gifts hardened their hearts and resisted his grace they who had least to draw them came to repentance they to whom most was given resisted they who least need to learn hasten to the teacher they whose need is greatest abide in their foolishness nothing can be plainer than this our lord's teaching that is that the jews will be condemned as compared with the ninevites because with so much favor they showed no love with so much leading no repentance while those who had little favor and little leading abounded in love and penitence saint augustine throws great light upon our lord's teaching in his city of god book twelve chapter six through nine for although speaking more particularly of the angels he applies the subject no less to man thus in chapter six he sets forth two men absolutely equal in all things pertaining to goodness assaulted by a like temptation one resisting the other yielding to the enemy then in chapter nine having proved that all the angels were created in love and that probably grace and love were alike in all he asks how it came to pass that some persevered until they attained to glory while others fell away to condemnation to which he replies there is no answer save that while some have persevered through god's grace in the pure love they received when created the others fell therefrom by their own self-will but if as st thomas has proved grace was diversely bestowed upon the angels and the seraphim received a much higher degree than the lower angels how was it that among them the chiefest for so the fathers held should have fallen while a countless multitude of other angels inferior both in nature and grace persevered admirably whence comes it that lucifer so high by nature exalted yet higher by grace fell while less favored angels remained steadfast doubtless they who persevered owe their perseverance to god who in his mercy made and kept them good while lucifer and his tribe owe their fall as saint augustine says to their own free will which forsook the divine grace upholding them how art thou fallen o lucifer son of the morning thou who didst begin as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day grace was not lacking to thee 
thou hadst it above all others but thou wast lacking to grace god did not withhold his love from thee but thou wouldst not cooperate with his love he would never have rejected thee if thou hadst not rejected his kindness o loving lord thou never leavest those who leave not thee thou never takest away thy gifts save from those who withdraw their hearts from thee we defraud god when we take to ourselves the credit of our salvation but we offend his mercy if we say that it has ever failed us we sin against his liberality if we fail to acknowledge his gifts but we blaspheme his goodness if we deny that it has succored us briefly god speaks clearly and loudly to us all saying o israel thou hast destroyed thyself but in me is thine help hosea chapter thirteen verse nine chapter eleven it is from no lack of divine love if we are not filled with love ah did we but receive the inspirations of heaven in all their power how great growth in holiness we should speedily make be the stream never so strong its waters will only come into our garden according to the channels which convey it and although the holy spirit as a fountain of living water is ready to overflow our heart yet as he comes only with the full consent of our own will he will pour himself into us according to that will and our cooperation as well as according to the abundance of his good pleasure even as the council of trent calls the correspondence of our will with grace a voluntary reception thereof it is in this sense that st paul bids the corinthians not receive the grace of god in vain two corinthians chapter six verse one for even as a sick man who should take his medicine into his hand but refuse to swallow it would indeed have received it after a bootless fashion so fruitlessly do we receive god's grace if we leave it outside and accept it not within our heart it is vain to feel god's inspiration only and not consent to it again if the sick man takes a part only of his medicine he can derive but a part of its benefit and so if when god inspires us with a hearty impulse to accept his love we do not fully receive it we shall gain but a limited benefit those who are inspired to do great things and yet accept but a part of god's inspiration are like the men we read of in the gospel who when called by our lord to follow him held back asking to take leave of those at home or to bury their dead remember the widow whose vessels were miraculously filled by elisha two kings chapter four so long as she had an empty vessel the oil flowed into it but when she had no more wherein to receive it the oil stayed so while our hearts expand 
or more truly while we suffer them to be enlarged and do not refuse the space made by our willing consent to divine mercy that mercy will not cease to pour in ever more and more its holy inspirations we meanwhile abounding more and more in love but when there is no room when we cease to accept it is stayed what hinders that we be not as deeply versed in the love of god as saint augustine saint francis saint catherine of genoa or saint francis because god has not given us such grace but why has he not given it us because we have not worthily corresponded to his inspirations wherefore have we not so corresponded because being free we have abased our freedom wherefore nay here we must halt for as says saint augustine the depravity of our will comes but from the fault of that cause which commits sin and we must not imagine that we can give a reason for the fault which leads to sin inasmuch as the fault would not be sin were it not without reason the pious brother rufinus having seen a vision of the glory to which saint francis was to attain through his humility asked the saint to tell him truly what he thought of himself to which saint francis replied verily i think myself to be the greatest sinner on earth and he who least serves our lord but how rufinus asked can you say this in all truth and conscience when we see so many who are openly guilty of great sins from which god be thanked you are free to which saint francis replied had god given to them such mercies as he has given to me i question not that evil as they now seem they had been more mindful of his gifts and served him better than i for were god to forsake me surely i should sin more grievously than they all so thought one who was more seraphic than human i know that it was from out of his humility he thus spoke but still he believed as a truth that an equal grace equally bestowed may be better used by one sinner than another and i hearken to that great master of the science of the saints as to an oracle trained up as he was in the school of the cross indeed all holy men since have treasured up his saying believing that it was in this mind that saint paul spoke of himself as the chiefest of sinners one timothy chapter one verse fifteen saint teresa speaking of quiescent prayer says that many souls attain so far but they who pass beyond are few without knowing why surely the fault lies not with god for if his divine majesty gives us grace to arrive so far i think he would not fail to give us more save for the hindrances we raise by our own faults be it ours then to strive diligently in the love we owe to god 
assured that the love he bears to us will never fail. End of Book 2, Chapter 11